From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Oh, I am excited about the topic today, uh, but before I start preaching at you, oh, that's a little Aww. hint for the topic. I want to <laughs> introduce some people, and I'm going to go in a different order. To the left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. To my right, AJ Fry. Hey, guys. Across from me, Natalie Franco. Hey, guys. And even though I do a different order, we always end with Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact, humans shed 40 pounds of skin in their lifetime. Gross. 40 that pounds. Gross. So I'm currently losing weight. Hey, there you go. Yes. Nice try. Yes. Nice try. Says my wife. I like it. Looking at my belly. Why is this? You completely replace your outer skin every month. Every month? Your mm. outer skin. <laughs> know wait, that but, there's three but, layers of skin, so <laughs> I just come to I was like, wait, is there inner skin? I don't understand. <laughs> just helping you to know a little bit of the physiology here. They say that most of the dust in your house is, is skin cells. Skin so with that one, skin should feel good. <laughs> Have you ever, okay, so my science teacher in seventh grade made us put a sock on our vacuum cleaner and vacuum our mattress. Rose, don't do that. And we had to bring oh. the sock to school and we put it under our microscope. I'm warning every listener, don't. Do that. <laughs> do that. <laughs> you do Gross. not want to know. Some things are best left yeah. unknown. It's so interesting. <laughs> Natalie's really like, what kind worse. of education do you have in what? the United States? <laughs> <laughs> Arkansas at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I hinted earlier, before the fun fact and the introductions, we will be talking about preaching today. I don't know that we have officially talked about preaching in any of our episodes, uh, but this specifically is going to echo back to an article from Derwin Gray. Wow, pretty well-known preacher and author. And he talked about transformational preaching. In fact, let's get the exact title. The Six C's of Life Transformative Preaching is is the title of the article, and we'll have in the show notes that link. But First of all, I just kind of, we're not going to read that whole article. (laughs) That's terrible podcasting. But I will pull out one thing to get us started. Uh, He says that there's a massive difference between being a great communicator and being a great communicator of the gospel. What do you guys think about that? Do you agree? I strongly agree with him. Well, actually, I've been reading a little bit about that because I recognize that I have, I lack in communication, like I'm not good communicating things. So I was reading about that to see what what I have to improve. And I read a good communicator focus on the audience need. Mm -hmm. And they are practical and also they handle body language well. And I say, okay, yeah, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be a good preacher if you do all these things. I think Mm -hmm. it's beyond that. Like you need a connection with Mm -hmm. God and it's way beyond that because it is based on God, like what he wants to do through you. And only because you are someone who speaks good and great doesn't mean that you are a good preacher. Yeah, I would agree with that. I have met good communicators. I've heard them speak in like a small group setting and just blow me away with convincing me of their opinion on something. But then they get up on a platform and try to preach the word of God, and it is not effective. Most of the time, 
after I've heard that change in effective communication, it comes to light that this person does not have a relationship with the Lord. Mm. Um, And so I think the huge difference is the Holy Spirit. Mm. When we talk about sermons and preachers, um, we hope that they are sharing the message that the Holy Spirit has placed on them to share. And is mm-hmm. it's not just something that they woke up that morning and decided, mm-hmm. I think I'll share this. Um, there's a huge difference between those two aspects, in my opinion. We talk a lot in Latin America about the anointing and mm-hmm. in the Caribbean as well. I know the English Caribbean as well. And I think sometimes it's overused. I could get into that later. But but I think it's underused in some some of our contexts, mm-hmm. you know, where uh, we do think, hey, I'll just go to the scripture and uh, I'll get my three points or I'll get, you know, what I need to do and a good good teaching for today. And I've done this, especially some of us who have been doing this for years and decades. Right. You know, I, I kind of know how to do it. I can do it. Yeah. And we'll we'll present something for our congregation. Ah, we're dangerously close mm-hmm. to eliminating the inspiration and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If we start to just view the word of God, view the Bible as a place where we can grab things out and just help teach other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think you can even see that in the way that we, you know, educate that you can even, you know, listening to Scott, he literally got a degree in college to study how to communicate, but there was very little layering in of like preaching skill and like how you do that in the in the realms of religion, right? And so it's interesting to even just sit and listen to you talk about it of Scott could give anybody a lesson on how to communicate well. You know, this is the way you communicate. Natalie, even what <laughs> you said of know your audience. And mm. I can tell you whenever he and I sit down, we almost immediately, the very first thing that when we're doing something together, we think, what's the point of this? Because sometimes there is a point of education, you know, if you're doing a workshop or something like that. But when you're talking about preaching, it has to do with, you know, going back to Chelsea's of this, the Holy Spirit's been at work in your life and Mm -hmm. has been teaching you. And it just starts to become, Scott's the one that I hear use it the most. And so he, he quotes Jeremiah's fire in my bones. Like it becomes this somebody that is a Christ centered preacher and, and, and is communicating because it's gospel inspired is because it is this message of God that has transformed my life so much Mm -hmm. that I'm not just encouraging you with it. I'm not just motivating you with it. I am literally saying that this is the message. This is the word of God. And, uh, and I think that there's, it's mm. interesting to, to listen to you, Scott, you know, because you've gone through two tracks. You've gone through a communication track and then you went to seminary to learn how to preach. And, you know, you bring those two together. Mm. There's, there, there are different ways of communicating. And so, um, a great preacher. And I've heard a lot of people say before, well, we have a really great preacher you know, and, but he's not a great pastor or Mm. she's, she's a really great pastor, but she's not a great preacher, you know? And I think maybe some of those, these concepts are maybe what you maybe would see in the difference. The author says that there are six C's. And so let's dive into those. Uh, And this can get to really what, remember, this isn't just six C's of giving a good sermon. This is life transformative preaching. We don't want to just say, oh yeah, six C's of giving a good message. No, we want transformation to happen when we are in the pulpit or when we are sharing a, a message from God. Mm-hmm. So let, let's let's get into them here. The first one is consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. 
what do you guys think about that? Or as you were reading, what came to mind? I really like this one. I think he labeled it number one on purpose <laughs> because to me, like the word consecrate sounds very like old fashioned and like very formal, but it's a good word because it's, it's like focusing all of yourself, all of who you are and dedicating all of who you are to the kingdom of God. Right. And so it's this complete, I don't know, self-involvement in the kingdom of God. And I think that's very important for anybody who is spreading the gospel, who is mm -hmm. preaching, or even who is pastoring or leadering, leadering? <laughs> <laughs> or leading, to put this first. Uh, Jesus says, put the kingdom first. Everything else will come after that. And so that I think that's what he's saying here is like to consecrate yourself. Make the most important thing the most important thing, right? Yeah. And I think you're one's preaching will come out of that. If you are in right, right relationship with God, mm. then he's going to be speaking to you on how you need to speak to others. Mm. And I think, so I think that's very pointed how he puts that first. And uh, I agree completely with you, AJ, because since I was a little tiny baby, <laughs> I, I've always seen uh, leaders and uh, preachers and, you know, people who actually can communicate and, and to preach like something unreachable. Mm -hmm. Like it's, this is something I cannot do. I think it's because I am not that good at communicating things. But I remember after third wave, my pastor told me, I think I, I said already this, um, my pastor told me, can you please preach about everything? And I was so afraid because I was like, no, please, <laughs> I don't want to. So I realized like if it will be because of me, like it will be a mess. So I was fasting. I was fasting for three days. I remember I said about that. And when I when there was the time for me to preach, oh, my gosh, God even talked to my life like Obviously, it was not me, the one who was talking. After that, I was feeling so uh, strong. Like, I can do everything. I can preach. <laughs> if you want me to preach now, go ahead. I'm going to do it. Mm. So I got this invitation to this cross-cultural orientation camp. And I was about to say the same <laughs> sermon that I, that I said before. Mm -hmm. But I didn't take the time to consecrate myself the mm. same way I did it before. Because mm. I thought, okay, everything is good. I'm ready for this. I did it before thinking it was about me, you know? Mm. And what a mess. What a mess. It was horrible. I was, I was, I was saying, and I was like, Nati, what are you saying? Like, this is horrible. And of course, it was because I didn't take the same time to consecrate myself, to give it to God and God, please talk. You talk about through me, please, because I know I'm not, I'm not good at this. That's good. As you guys have talked about this, this leads us to our second one from consecrate yourself to make sure your sermon is Christ exalting. Christ exalting. Who wants to touch on that one? Well, I could do a whole 
podcast. I could do a whole sermon series. <laughs> I could probably talk for a long time on this. Um, so I won't talk for a long time on this, but uh, I'm so glad that it was one of his C's because to me, it's become very, very important. And um, I know I've said on this podcast before, the gospel has to be the answer for everything that we are confronting in this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, he says right at the beginning of the article of this number two, he says, people need the good news, not good advice. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a lot of preachers that just give really good advice, Mm -hmm. but it's not the good news. And um, if you read through Paul's letters, it is, I preach Christ crucified, resurrected from the dead. And like everything that we preach, everything has to have this context of Christ and his life. What does his life, his death, his resurrection? And I think he even adds his ascension. You know, how does that affect what we're doing today? And so, any of the things that we see in the world, any of the the messages that God's laying on our heart as pastors and preachers, I think it's really easy to fall into the religion side of preaching of like, well, the law says, and this is how we should do it. And like in my mind is, you know, divorce is not an option. Like you can use Jesus's words and be like, here's what he says, but it's different to say, okay, so we see a broken world and Jesus says, right? Divorce is not what God had in store. And so you start looking into, so why did Jesus say that? And and how could this be that he's got a different way for us to live in this world? And could we even begin to imagine that what we see around us is not reality, that we are so ensconced in some of these things that we believe is real world? And Jesus says, but my, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I think once we truly start to have like this inner understanding of Jesus is the way. He is the way and the Bible is the truth. And and to make sure that our preaching is so Christ-centered and we have to fall in love with Jesus. In order to preach Jesus, we have to love mm. Jesus. We mm. have to love everything about his life. We have to love everything about the, the way he taught disciples, the way he interacted with people, the way that he gave his life l- willingly on the cross, and the way that he conquered death and sin. We have to love all of that about Jesus in order to preach a Christ-centered gospel. Mm. And... um and for me, it's been the transformative part of my preaching career. And I've only been an ordained elder for the past four years, but truly falling in love with Christ has been something that for me has been what's been able to move me from just giving good advice to truly saying the good news is something that we all need. There's a different component to this one as well, in my opinion. If people leave your service or your sermon saying, what a great preacher yeah. mm-hmm. you have failed yeah. mm-hmm. you have failed yeah. they should mm-hmm. meet christ in those moments that's right maybe later somebody will say this person is a wonderful preacher but why because they're eloquent because they're creative because they are just amazing and communicating or because I'm different because of their message. Mm-hmm. I'm different because of their sermon. That to me also is Christ yeah, exalting. Definitely. Mm. So that actually moves us from consecrate yourself and Christ exalting to the third C, which is compelling, compelling. What does that mean? Um, I really liked this because I am pretty practical and I like things to be like to the point just tell me what I need to do. It's not that I need your opinion to shape me, but it just helps me move in the right direction. <laughs> and so to me, this is great because 
what he is saying is trust in Christ. Trust that the word can speak for itself. And um, if you are consecrated, if you are Christ exalting, then it's going to just flow naturally that the gospel is compelling, Mm -hmm. that it is the reason people are transformed and changed. Um, It's nothing that you yourself have done. Just like you were saying, like he says, I know that when we preach an exalted, glorious Jesus, people will be compelled. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's it. And it's so like, it's what Nati was saying. Like, it's not on me. It's, it's on Christ to do the work. I think that's, it's that it's to me, it's the action phase of preaching, right? Like the gospel isn't just something to be heard, Mm -hmm. but it is to be put into practice, right? So you have to do something. If it's compelling, like you're compelled to move, to Mm -hmm. act, to Hmm. do something. Mm -hmm. And if you walk away from a, preaching and you don't feel like you need to do anything, it's not effective because the gospel, if you read the gospel, like the Holy Spirit compels you to do something, Mm -hmm. not just, oh, I read my devotional for this morning. This morning I can check that box off, you know, but no, transform your life to do something. Well, even on a practical side, like when we preach, do people at the end of our message say, oh, I wanted to hear more. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or are they like, oh, I want to go to that text myself because you made, you brought things out. Like God, the Holy Spirit through this message brought things out. Like that's compelling. Yeah. Or do you end up and people are like, man, I'm glad that's over. Now, <laughs> now let's go, now yeah. let's go eat, you know? Mm-hmm. And this ties into the next one, which is convicting, compelling and convicting. And it, it, I'm going to just, Maybe you guys want to add some stuff too, but but both of these kind of remind me of Acts 2 after Pentecost. Peter is preaching his famous message, and after he goes through, it's pretty funny, he goes through like a lot of the Old Testament, and he says, and now you killed him, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Peter, not the greatest communication technique, you know? But God was using him, and then what's the result? It says, when the people heard this, verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Mm. That's what we're talking about, compelling and convicting. Mm-hmm. I think it's even important for this to be like the message that the church hears today, because we are coming out of a church culture that's a lot about like entertainment and uh, whether we want to believe it or not. Mm-hmm. We have come through the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s that church relationship was built on entertainment. Come and receive and hear and be entertained. And when you go out the door, you're not changed. And I can see God changing church culture right now. And I hear a lot of pastors, you know, when they're interviewed and they say, well, what is it that you think is like the key to the success right now or whatever? And a lot of them are saying, I'm truly just preaching the Bible. And it's like we're we're getting back to Bible. We're not back to um, theme sermons and we're not back to self-help and we're not. And like we came through church culture of lots of themes and lots of self-help and let's read what the psychology is. And and it's like we're moving back now to the Bible. And, and I love that he puts it. The Bible itself is compelling. So yeah. like <laughs> let's not get away from it and let's mm-hmm. not apologize for it. Let's simply preach it and it will compel people. Yeah, and the on the convicting side of it, in my personal testimony, I was preached at as a little girl that ran me away from the church, this condemning, like, you will go to hell. Mm. And 
and he says a convicting sermon is not a condemning sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, again, let the scripture speak for itself. Trust that the Holy Spirit is at work in the congregation. And if people are there to be transformed, which we hope they are, yeah. then the Holy Spirit can be way more powerful than the words coming from your mouth. I think it's so crucial that he says conviction draws people to Jesus because they are blown away by what Jesus has done for them to be God's people. Mm-hmm. That is, and he calls it spiritual insanity to mm-hmm. not respond to that. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Like I've I've had plenty of moments in my life where I'm sitting there with the Holy Spirit and it's like, Chelsea, are you really not going to respond to this? Are you not going to show like I can't I can't hold it in. It's just exploding out of me. <laughs> my either my joy or my disappointment or my frustration, whatever the emotion or or even conviction is, it's because of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Chelsea. I remember when I was in January, back in January, in in an event, um, this last day there was a friend of mine, Scott, ask him <laughs> to uh, ask him to preach, and he was like, "Oh no, please, oh no," because he's like me, he's afraid of, to preach, and um, at the end he did it, and I I remember all the time he took to uh, pray about that, um, and the day he was giving the sermon, he was crying like a baby. And I was crying with him <laughs> because like, even though like um, he didn't have like all these things I said at the beginning, like a great communicator, everything he was saying was convicting my life. Mm. And as I told you, he was crying. I was crying because I felt like God was really talking to me. And I remember after he finished, I couldn't, I couldn't handle everything I was feeling. So I I went to the altar mm. and I just, it was awesome. That is good. So this is really, really important. So consecrate yourself, Christ exalting, compelling, convicting. The last two are clear and cause. Cause, interesting right there. So I'll take the first one, clear, okay? And then maybe some others of you have uh, something on the last one. But the clear one reminds me of when I, when I was in, in uh, seminary and we were in a homiletics course, which homiletics means preaching. And I remember now general superintendent, Pastor David Busick, but he was a pastor at that time. I remember that he was just saying, your message should be so clear that you can be able to say before you ever give it, this is exactly what I want the people to know and to do. And you need to be able to say it within eight words. I remember him saying, and I was like, I have never (laughs) done a sermon like that. Up to that point, I was like, all of my sermons, like I, I dive in and I want to do this and I'm going to show this part of the passage. And I, I did a lot of homework and I'm going to let them know that I researched this and all this other stuff. And, but he's like, you have to center it in down to this one really succinct statement of what do you think God is saying in this passage? And what do you think is the most important thing that your congregation or those listeners need to hear in this moment. And I I still remember that because there are times, he also said, there are times when as preachers, we could really preach three sermons in one, Mm -hmm. but they need to be just one sermon each, Mm -hmm. right? There's so much that the text is saying, just preach one sermon on that. 
they, the Holy Spirit, can convict and, and do other things. And you can even preach another sermon in the future on that same passage. Mm-hmm. But for now, center in on what is clear and concise and what God wants for that congregation. So I don't know if you want to talk about clear, but anyone want to talk about either of these, clear or cause? I I like the idea of cause because, so we've talked a lot. I didn't grow up in the church and sermon listening is a new thing for me um, as, and preaching is even newer. Um, but I sit in on some time, Sunday morning sometimes and I feel like the message that is constantly being shared is repentance. Repentance, 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 which is great. Please do not hear me wrong. I know that that is a critical piece of our belief. Probably a message that's not preached a lot in certain cultures right now. Right. But almost as if like our whole goal with Sunday morning is to reach the lost, which is again, great. But my congregation is filled with people that have been sitting in the same pews for years and would confess that they are believers. They are Christians. They have done that step. And so the cause, when I think about it, is very interesting to me because we're sitting in a room with people who are at the discipleship phase, not at the evangelism phase. Now, obviously, there's some people sitting in there that have been sitting there for years and they need the evangelism message. Sure. But the great majority of the people in my context are at the discipleship phase and the message being shared is evangelism, the first step of relationship with Christ. And it's just interesting because when he talks about cause, he's talking about like, what is the purpose of this? And, and you're saying in clear, like make it, make it known what you want this text to teach. And I think that's also true when Natalie said, like, know your audience Let's teach the whole gospel, not just the beginning of it, but the next step. I'm a huge believer in sanctification. And and I think that sometimes we miss that piece of like rounding the corner of coming back to the message and saying like, this doesn't just say like repent. It also says like walk with Christ and here's how we do this. And it, and this is what Paul teaches us and, and all of these things. And so when we think about the cause of what is our, what are we doing up here? What are we trying to share? We need to think whole picture. This is interesting because I wonder if before you came to the DR that if you would ever have identified that as an issue, Mm -hmm. because in the U S we rarely even give any more messages for people to come to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's normally, hey, folks, we need to do this other aspect. But because I know your pastor and Mm -hmm. I love her, Mm -hmm. and she literally every time will say, and if there's someone that doesn't know the Lord, you know, come this way. And so I'm wondering if like somebody needs to hear this, that's listening to this right now and needs to say part of the cause, part of life transformative preaching is you better have an invitation more than once in a evangelistic message Absolutely. every year. Right. But the side that you're saying is if you're listening to this and it's only ever this evangelism side, it's only ever this for those people to just get in the door 
for those people just to know Christ for the first time. And then there's not much depth after that. Well, you've lost the cause as well. And that's what I'm talking about. He says specifically, preach the gospel in such a way that at the end of the sermon, Jesus is the hero for the new believer and for the, the saint that's been there for decades. Both need to leave that place knowing that Jesus is the hero. Mm. And in their personal life that day, not for the saint that's been there, not their life 10 years ago when they accepted Christ for the first time. And so when we talk about this, this is why I'm trying to be careful with how I say this. I'm not condemning the evangelism message. Absolutely. But let's make it both. Mm. Let's have evangelism and discipleship happening. Yeah. Yeah, he says the cause is joining Jesus in his great commission. Mm -hmm. A sermon should push you to that. So very quickly, before we sign off, do you want to give a shout out, anybody, to people that have modeled these six C's? I'll say them again. Consecrate yourself, Christ-exalting, compelling, convicting, clear, and cause. Would you guys like to say, oh, I remember, or this person has been a model or an example of some of these to me? Yeah, I could give a uh, shout out to Brett Rickey of the Highland Park Church of the Nazarene in Lakeland, Florida. Since we're pastors, I don't hear a lot of pastors, to be honest with you. But during this pandemic time, I've been joining into their super early service. And um, I see a lot of these six C's in his mm-hmm. preaching. And I've just been really encouraged by the way he's tackling very difficult issues in the Church of the United States right now. So mm-hmm. I would say that that is one that I would totally give a shout out to. I can say my father, uh, Clark Armstrong, uh, I thought every preacher was like this because I just grew up listening to him. (laughs) But I realize now through his preaching, he was giving me a love for the word and a love for Christ. Mm -hmm. Not just through his living, but really every sermon he preached, I just was like, I love the Bible more. I love Jesus more from hearing this, from being a part of this service and this message. I would say the two of you, Scott and Emily, have been a huge example of, I would say, all of these Mm -hmm. for us. Before we go on home assignment, we usually run our message by you guys and let you tweak it because we see these things in you. And so I know this is a little awkward. We're on a podcast, but I hug it out. Yeah. (laughs) So, so thankful. But I, I genuinely see you seeking to exalt Christ, even mm. with Emily's explanation on this podcast, it's just very evident that these run deep in you. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Wow, I appreciate that. Wow, awkward way, way to finish. I You're think, welcome. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, thank you for saying that. So you can visit this article. Uh, we have that link in the show notes. Uh, but man, if you, some of you are listening, some people are listening, and they're like, "I'm not a pastor. I never preach. I never." You know what? You will be invited in some moment to share with someone else. And may it be clear, compelling, convicting. May it lead to a cause. May it exalt Christ. Mm -hmm. And certainly for any of that to happen, may you consecrate yourself before that message. May you always consecrate yourself because sometimes we don't know when that message will need to be shared. Mm -hmm. But even outside of that, it is so important to consecrate yourself as a Christian, yes, because mm-hmm. we we talked with Carlos Gordon a few weeks ago. He's doing finances. Can you imagine a person not consecrated to Christ doing finances mm-hmm. in the church? And even as he talked with us, yeah. you could tell he was compelling. He was convicting. Why? Because yeah. the Holy Spirit was working towards mm-hmm. him, yes. working through him. I mean, 
So good. Emily, if they would like to continue this conversation, where can they do so? Find us on Facebook at the Worthless Servants Podcast. Find us online at www.mesoamericagenesis.org. There's a podcast tab that you should click. And you can also give us a follow on Spotify. And every single time there's a new episode that comes out, that will show up. That's awesome. Yeah. And we do want to emphasize we're gearing up for our 100th episode. We have some special things planned. I have no clue what they are, but we have some special <laughs> things planned. <laughs> Ice cream cake. Wow. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. You sold me. But in these next episodes, I want to emphasize Take time to share that this podcast, you like this podcast. This podcast can be a good tool for the church, for young people, for people that are involved in missions. Share with at least five people in the next couple weeks. Five people. That is our challenge. And also rate and review, just as Emily has said, rate and review, which helps other people to find this podcast. That's okay. our challenge. So I'm going to give you the two ways that you can share. Okay. You can share off of Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page and share podcasts and and we'll be able to see that and like share it to other people or tag people underneath in the comments. The other way that you can do it is from Spotify. If you share it to your stories and tag Mesogenesis, we will see those as well. So those are two different ways off of Facebook or off of Instagram. And Spotify through Instagram is one of my favorite ways to share podcasts because then it automatically opens somebody else's player yeah. and they can find it and follow it as well. Yes. Yeah. And this is important to know because there may or may not be a giveaway that's sponsored by no one. Chelsea loves <laughs> Sponsored Lundin by prizes. no one. <laughs> sponsored clear, by Jesus. By <laughs> the, this table that has held our mic for you. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, we're, this is our challenge to you. We need this message to continue to get out to more and more people. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Chelsea Fry. I'm Natalie Frank. And I'm Emily Armstrong. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.